The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Kim Strother. The State Water Commission heard updates on public efforts to detect and remove PFAS from drinking water systems this week. The so-called forever chemicals have been used in home and industrial products since the 1940s and might lead to a range of health conditions, including respiratory disease and cancer. The state's found heightened levels of the chemicals in multiple water systems in the past year. The Environmental Protection Agency is expected to set drinking water supply limits on a handful of PFOS chemicals this year. Water quality lawyer Chris Pomeroy says it will be tough for failing drinking water systems to come into compliance. Uh, the timing under the rule is uh, very much a challenge. EPA's rule is full compliance within three years of final adoption. Water system managers in Roanoke and Fairfax told lawmakers it would take longer to meet the upcoming standards as much as five to seven years. There's no evidence that EG5 COVID variants spread more easily or causes more dire illness. That's according to the Richmond and Henrico Health Districts. A new round of booster shots that will provide protection against EG5 should be available this fall, though current treatments are said to protect against the new strain. Free COVID tests are available at some public events, as well as by contacting the health district. Some public library locations also offer free test kits. Visit vdh.virginia.gov for additional information. The Hanover County School Board amended its library policy this week. VPM News reporter Lyndon German explains what changed since the measure was initially passed earlier this summer. The revisions passed unanimously by the school board include directions for how instructors review and inventory books in their classrooms. The board identified a number of peer-reviewed resources to help teachers and librarians to examine books. A list of those resources raised alarm bells for some, like Connie Piper, a retired library curriculum specialist for the school system. You have allowed a small group to use a political website to craft a list of books to ban, books that no one has read. And let's be clear, that is exactly what you're doing, banning books. Piper says right-wing groups have long used these lists to influence school boards across the country. School board chairperson Bob May says the list would serve as a reference for instructors when selecting reading material. It's really about vetting the books to make sure that they are within a standard uh, that we have set in our policies. The board agreed to remove ratedbooks.org from the list of professional review resources following Piper's comments. Lyndon German, VPM News. Henrico County Public Schools will install weapon scanners at all high schools by August 21st, the first day of school. The decision follows multiple instances during the past two school years when students brought guns to campuses, according to the Henrico Citizen. The two main entrances of each school will have two or three detectors operated by school officers. Those officers, as well as school administrators, attended training sessions Wednesday to increase their knowledge of the scanners. The Richmond Jazz and Music Festival hasn't been held since 2019. But this weekend at Maymont, a raft of performers ranging from vocalist Shaka Khan to saxophonist Kamasi Washington are set to perform. 
VPM News editor Dave Cantor recently chatted with Whitney White, who helped organize the festival for local marketing agency JMI. This is the first year that the festival's come back since the pandemic. Can you kind of walk me through hitting pause in 2020 and how it was rebooted this year? Yeah, so in 2020, you know, we were holding holding out like many of the other festivals that, you know, had gone through the preparation process and were teeing up for that 2020 uh, festival performance. And uh, we held out as long as we could, of course, before making the announcement that we weren't going to be having that year's festival. You know, it did hurt our hearts a little bit to have to take this event that we know people were, many people um, were looking forward to. But of course, we were thinking about the safety of our patrons, our music lovers. And so we just made the responsible decision to hit pause. But now, you know, it's been three years and here we are, we're back. Uh, This is our 11th year that we are doing the Richmond Jazz and Music Festival. We know this has been something that people have been waiting for. And it's a, this festival, we definitely see it as a, you know, key piece to the the summertime experience here. And um, we're happy to to be able to bring this experience back. The event's full name is the Richmond Jazz and Music Festival. So how are you looking at the, I guess, definitions of jazz and music here? Like we're making, we're differentiating between genre, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing about jazz that we can, you know, attribute to it is the fact that it's the foundation for a lot of different music genres. And so, you know, that was something that we always, you know, acknowledged as we were putting on the festival. So, you know, us being a jazz festival, having some maybe like New Orleans style brass bands, bringing in some R&B bringing in, you know, smooth jazz, like we understood like the extension that jazz makes into those other genres. Um, But just in case there was any kind of, you know, you know, confusion from um, any any of our, you know, patrons or maybe like those on the fence trying to decide if they wanted to attend the festival, we just wanted to make it just a bit clearer. Is there someone you are excited about seeing at the festival? Actually, I am very excited to see... um, Pedrito Martinez. I love Latin beats. Um, He's a Cuban band leader. And it just is pretty amazing when you hear like all of the the horns. And um, it just it reminds me of some of the it reminds me of some of my memories that I've had in um, in in high school uh, with marching band. One of our shows one year was based on the Latin music culture, and um, it just really reminds me of that. And then also too, I spent a little bit of time in Miami also, and um, so my two years while I was down there, I felt like I was able to get really immersed in the music culture there. And you know, there's uh, a large Cuban culture presence there, and so when I hear Pedrito, um, it, it takes me back to those moments. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him. During city meetings this week, residents of a historically black neighborhood in Charlottesville voiced their opinions on a proposed development. 
Some say the expansion of the Dairy Central Market and apartments in the 10th and Page neighborhood would increase taxes and distance longtime residents, according to the Daily Progress. The proposed mixed-use development includes apartments that would replace a laundromat, a resale shop, and a garden center along Grady Avenue. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.